the PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use promo code SGPNBA to get 10% off of everything in the store. Welcome, everyone, to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Friday, April 21st, currently 11.47 a.m. on the East Coast. Here to get into some more player props for the Friday games and through the weekend uh, as well. But joining me, help me to break it down. I got my guy here with me, Chris, Crispy Capping. Chris, what's going on, brother? What's going on, you know, looking for a, a bounce back day on my on my part. I know we kind of talked about it a little bit before we started the pod, but I did not have things go my way yesterday at all. And uh, that's it's not two bad days in a row. I think I went two and two the day before, but uh, definitely, you know, we, we, we do this to, to try to you know share insight and help people make money. So definitely looking to kind of get back on track. I think we saw some things kind of go ways that we didn't expect them to go yesterday. So looking forward to bounce back, you know, if it's a new day and uh, hopefully we can find some winners today for sure. How you doing today, my brother? Not too bad, man. It's Friday. Uh, we got another set of three games uh, for the NBA playoff schedule. Um, thank God, at least the games tonight, Chris, are, are a little bit spaced out because yesterday it was uh, we were stuck watching the Sixers and the Nets until like the <laughs> Warriors and Kings started and the other late night game between the Suns and the Clippers. Uh, so thankfully today it's a little bit more spaced out. But yeah. I uh, you know we keep it transparent here, Chris. I mean, yeah, not not the greatest night for you, but you you've had a you've had a really good uh, at least the three episodes prior that we've recorded, um, and we're gonna have days like that, you know, and it, it's gonna happen. We learn, we go back to the drawing board, and we try to come back with some more winners. Uh, last night, not not much better for me either. I, I did go two and two. Uh, Steph Curry got there for me. I took the over on his twenty nine and a half points. I laddered it up to around forty. He finished up with thirty six, I believe. And then I think we talked a lot about Kavon Looney yesterday, Chris. Um, I mean, he just had a monster game yesterday uh, for the uh, Golden State Warriors, and they and they needed every bit of it. I mean, if you watch the game, you just saw how valuable. And I've talked about I've beat the drum on Kavon Looney ever since last season when the Warriors made their goal their um, title run that he was a guy that wasn't talked about enough for what he was able to do for the Warriors. And I think we touched on this on the pod yesterday, Chris, but come on, Looney yesterday, man, 20 points, or sorry, 20 rebounds. I think he finished up with nine assists as well, if I'm not mistaken. And a shout out to guy RC. He, he had laddered up Looney's rebounds and assists um, as well. I know he cashed on that, but what are your thoughts on Looney last night? Yeah. Uh, Kavon Green, we can call him, or Draymond Looney, because <laughs> <laughs> he t- he turned into uh, he turned into Draymond with a little bit of himself as well. I know one of the things we had talked about. I know I mentioned this yesterday was uh, you know he he had came out after after game two. You know they were down 0-2, so super desperation spot. And he had came out after the game and said, you know he understands that he has to play smarter. He has to be out there on the floor. He picked up that early foul in game two when they were in Sacramento. Then he picked up a late one as well in in uh, in the first quarter. So. He had to spend a lot of that, you know, first quarter and a lot of the second quarter on the bench, um, you know, not able to, you know, help his teammates. So he played a lot smarter yesterday. You also see the Kings just jack up a bunch of threes. So he was yeah. able to snatch a lot of rebounds. The Kings didn't even get to 100 points last night. So that's always going to be helpful, you know, if you can kind of anticipate that many misses. But, uh, yeah, he stepped up big time last night. We know they don't have a lot of bigs overall, you know, that 
that Steve Kerr and that, that coaching staff really trust. You know, Kevon Looney, uh, Kevon Looney and Draymond Green are the two, you know, more trustable guys. But uh, you know, Kaminga and and uh, Jermichael Green, not not as much. You know, they can kind of spare minutes. But yeah, you saw Looney out there with his hands on his knees a lot because you know he yeah. did a lot yesterday. As he he deserved it. You know, the, the game ball last night definitely 100%. helped those guys out a lot and did a lot of dirty work. You know, I love I love Looney as a player, man. Just love his energy and intensity that he brings to the game and the physicality that he brings to the game too. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, man. I do want to touch on what kind of transpired in the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers game. Um, I think 99% of the folks were confused by why Joel Embiid, or I mean, at, it was, at, at the point where what we saw early in the game between Claxton and Joel Embiid of how... Claxton finished uh, around the basket, got the and one, and he kind of stepped over Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid, you know, gave him a kind of kick uh, in the upwards uh, motion, I guess we can say. Um, and that really didn't warrant an ejection. Later in the game, we we get James Harden that, I don't know how to exactly describe it, but gave a kind of a little, you know, he gave a little forearm to Royce O'Neal, I think Royce O'Neal embellished it a little bit, you know, then making the referees led by Tony Brothers go to check at the screen, and it warranted a flagrant two, leading to James Harden getting ejected. Um, it, it, I, obviously, it's hindsight, but I think at that moment when we looked at, I thought it would be a flagrant one. Okay, that was acceptable. But if we kind of compare the two flagrant fouls to James, what James Harden did and what Joel Embiid did, I think... Uh, 99.9% people agree that Joel Embiid should have been the one that got ejected and not James Harden. But I don't know if you had any takeaways from that, Chris, or if you, anything that you wanted to expand on, on what, what, what transpired between, you know, those two flaker fouls calls. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me, you know, is, is, is the intent, right? Like, yeah. like we, we see, we see Claxton kind of stand over and beat and we know as a, as a man with pride, you can't, you can't stand over another man. No. Uh, and, and, you know, so that warranted that, I think it was a, you know, super quick reaction, but I think, you know, Joel, I don't think he, I don't think he meant to, you know, kick him in his midsection. And, and if he would have kicked him in his midsection, I think, you know, the, if Claxton goes down to the ground and, you know, he, you know, start some kind of antics. You know, I think I think you know Joel and B is potentially thrown out. You know, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think the intent was you know to kind of hurt him. I think it was more so like, hey, get off of me. Uh, and with Joel and with James Harden, you know, is more so the intent, right? You see Royce O'Neal sell it a little bit, yeah. And I think that's the part that the referees kind of respond to is the, the selling because I I would agree with you, you know. He, I mean, James Harden was like, he was like, how, like how? That's unacceptable. Like how, yeah. how can I get kicked out of the game? It's the first time I've been kicked out. Like he gave him a little chicken wing, and and you know, uh, <laughs> and Royce O'Neal put a little extra hot sauce on it. So I, I, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't think it, you know, it, it it warranted any of that, you know. But I. I think it's more so, you know, just the intent. Harden was trying to, you know, get some space, and Joel Embiid was like, "Hey, man, get it, you know, get you don't don't look down on me." So, yeah. um, it's really just about about the intent. I think the the referees have to do a better job of making sure that they're getting those calls corrected. You know, if it shouldn't be that much discrepancy, you know, right. like like we shouldn't say like, okay, we had this and this and we had this, and you know, one of them was a lot more extreme than the other, and we didn't get consistency in the call. So really about the consistency you know when it comes to the referees but more so the intent when it comes to the players and even with the Draymond thing we see Sabonis lay down like you know like a, a truck fellow on them right yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that led to you know everything that happened with 
with, with Draymond as well. So, uh, you know, intent and consistency, I think, are the big, big parts for me, you know. Yeah, I think that for James Harden, like, I, it was, again, it was, it was mind boggling to see that he did get ejected because I didn't really, I mean, Sure, like we talk about intent, intent and things like that. Sure, okay, maybe you upgraded to a flicker run by the rules of the book, but again, I don't think it led to him to led to a flagrant two for him getting ejected. It almost seemed like that they were doing whatever they could to get the Brooklyn Nets the victory, but then I think later in the game, there's another instance where Nick Claxton got another finisher on Joel Embiid. He flexes on him, taunts him a little bit, and then he gets uh, ejected for his second technical foul as well. And uh, give the Sixers credit. I think Tyrese Maxey was the one that really stepped up um, in the absence of James Harden down the stretch to secure that uh, victory for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Um, I know he was having a bad game, was Maxi, but when it mattered the most, especially in clutch time, they were able to uh, score the baskets and, and you know, create the turnovers and, and get the victory to take a 3-0 lead in that series against these uh, against the Brooklyn Nets. So look, they'll look to wrap it up hopefully on Saturday. Joel Embiid, uh, Chris, he looked a little gimpy, man. He's, I, I don't know. I, this was something I was thinking about after the game was over last night and i said you're up 3-0 do you give joel and be the, the day off saturday and go back home and and try to close it out or do you just step on the throat in brooklyn take care of it and then get him the extended amount of rest that he needs well, what do you think Man, it's it's a it's a hell of a call that they're gonna have to make. You know, I think I think uh, you know try to think of think through it with uh, the the mom thought of um, Coach Doc Rivers and that coaching staff. You know, he he talked about this throughout the the second half of the season, just them wanting to be as healthy as they possibly can. Yeah, and and you know, realistically, I think I think, I think in my opinion, I think the 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 seventy six is still have a chance to win the game without Joel Embiid. Yeah, you know, like like Maxi, you know, Harden, and uh, you know, some of those bench guys, they played a much faster pace. I think also, I think I think those guys would still have a chance to you know be able to get it done. But um, I think if you know, as long as Joel Embiid, of course, the game plan you know changes a lot. But as long as Joel Embiid is I would say 70%. I think you just go ahead and, you know, try to close it out. So, like you said, you do get that extended amount of rest um, versus, you know, having to come back home and then potentially play another game. Yeah. Um, especially with them being in the sweep, right? Like if mm-hmm. they if they, if they they get the sweep, then they'll, you know, more more than likely get an extended period of time off, like you said. So, I think you just go ahead and get it done. Um, you know, just close them out. You don't want to give them any, any life. I don't think that Brooklyn has a chance to come back and even win this series, even if they do win no. the next game. Yeah. But, but why not just, you know, go ahead and get it out the way with. So his health is extremely important to that organization and to their chance championship aspirations, of course. Yeah. But I think, you know, I think you just, I, I would just go ahead and, you know, get it done as long as he feels like he's completely up to it. You don't want to, yeah. you know, you don't want, want anything to kind of linger on. Um, you know him not to be the best version of himself, but they they are in a pretty quick turnaround. So we'll see yeah. how it goes. You know, yeah, hundred uh, percent. All right, guys. Before we get into our player props here for tonight, let me tell everyone about Underdog Fantasy. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The NBA and NHL playoffs are here, and what better way to get down on some player prop parlays than over at Underdog Fantasy? Besides daily NHL, NBA, and MLB games, they've also already got. NFL best ball drafts with a guaranteed half a million in prizes. 
head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com using promo code SGPN. All right, Chris, let's get into our player props uh, for tonight. And I think the we have some games uh, for tomorrow that are, are available. So uh, lead us off, my man. Player prop number one. What do you got for the listeners? Let's do it, you know. So bounce back. Here we go. First prop I'm going to is uh, in one of the games for tonight. And I'm going to uh, Cleveland Cavaliers and New York Knicks. And I'm looking at a guy that has not played well throughout the entirety of this season. And I expect a big game from him tonight. That guy's name is Emmanuel Quickly. I'm looking at Quickly over his 14 and a half points plus assists. Um, it's plus 100 on FanDuel. Definitely shop around. Make sure you get the best number. But I love that we can get this at, you know, about even money. Uh, rough two games for him in the first two games so far on the road. I think, um, you know, he's the guy that has to step up and kind of help this team. Uh, we see a lot of double teams with Jalen Brunson. And, uh, you know, it's been extensive writing about this and you know it's no it's it's not the elephant in the room because it has been addressed already uh, he kind of took accountability for it as well uh first game so so they started doubling doubling brunson a little bit more in the second game but um you know and he he came out and took accountability for how bad he had played he did finish uh second game two with 12 points and assists mm-hmm. uh and four of eight shooting but just uh just three points on over five shooting in the first game so Back home, I think the Garden is going to be rocking tonight, you know, 23 and 24 minutes in both of those first two games. So I do expect Thibodeau to, you know, uh, allow him to, you know, be out there and kind of play make. I don't really like a lot of overs in this game. I think it's going to be a rock fight of a game, but I do think quickly helps. I think they try to do a better job of putting Brunson out there with quickly so that when the double team comes, they have another playmaker outside of a guy like Julius Randle. So I like quickly to be able to get some others involved. Also, uh, the Cavs don't do the greatest job uh, of defending the three-point line. Quickly is one of those guys that shoots about 40% from the three-point line. So um, points plus assists is how I chose to play him. You know, love the 14 and a half here uh, in a, you know, in a big, big bounce back spot for him. He also averaged 15 points and three assists across 41 home games this season, shooting 47% from the field. So I like, I like quickly a lot tonight, you know, over 14 and a half points plus assists is where I'll start. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense because number one, we talked a lot about. I talked about this on the NBA pod, I believe, yesterday. Is that when you when you have these home games, the the role players tend to elevate their play because they're back at home. You know, they're they're comfortable in the home arena or the home you know stadium, wherever you want to call it. Um, and I think that for the New York Knicks, like you, you know, you have two guys that that no matter what gym they step into. They can put the ball in the basket. That's Jalen Brunson, like you mentioned, and also Julius Randle, right? But when you talk about, you know, being at home in New York City, in Madison Square Garden, in front of those fans, uh, I think that's where the these role players can really get behind the crowd. And I think Emmanuel Quickly is one of those guys uh, where he comes out to play. I think that especially in the playoffs, we talk a lot about listening to post-game interviews. I think that's where it's more really more important when what well, these players are saying after either a win or after if it's a loss and what they kind of self-reflect and say, hey, I didn't have a good game. I need to come out the next game and I need to do this. I need to do that and I do the other. And that's where it kind of, you know, you you know where their mentality is at coming into that next game. And I think, like you mentioned there, Chris, that Emmanuel quickly is one of those guys for the Knicks that's going to have to step up here tonight. So, yeah, I definitely will get behind uh, Emmanuel quickly with you. Um, all right, for my first player problem, I'm going to stay in the same game as well. Um, I wanted to back 
Jalen Brunson in some type of way in this game. I do think that he does have a successful night scoring, but I think this is just a pure value pay for me. And and I think I'm I'm doing really well with these defensive uh, stat props. So I'm gonna go with um, Jalen Brunson. It's steals and blocks combined over one and a half, and this one's at plus one seventy five, Chris. Um, if you take a look at the two games so far against the Cleveland Cavaliers in this first two series, he's had two steals and four steals respectively in the t- first two matchups. And when we talk about this series, we talk about these series between the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers that those two games or, or those two series there, the totals have been relatively lower because the books. And I think a lot of us are expecting those to be more defensive minded matchups, slow pace half-court offense, uh, defensive intensity being up. We know Cleveland was one of the better defensive teams. I think they were the number one defensive-rated team in the regular season. We know Tom Thibodeau prides himself or his team to be a good defensive team. And I think tonight, the total we're sitting at right now, I think I think I saw it at 211.5. But I think that for Jalen Brunson, I think he'll bounce back offensively after he had a 5-for-17 shooting night. But I think defensively, he's going to be good as well. Um, last three games, like I mentioned, he had, uh, and this goes back to the regular season. He had in his final game against the Wizards, three steals in that game. And like I mentioned, the first two games of this series, he has, he's at two steals and four steals respectively. So at plus 175, I think it's a pure value play here for me. So I'm going to go Jalen Brunson over one and a half steals and blocks combined um, for Brunson here tonight, Chris. I like it. I like it. You know, one more thing. One thing that I'll add is that the Cleveland Cavaliers offense takes a big, big drop on the road, right? They we know that they don't have a lot of those guys that you can really rely on to to to, to play making. The guys that they do put in, you know, they're turnover prone, so it kind of makes sense. I think he could clear it with just the steals again. You know, if I like yeah. that look a lot. Yeah, and the, the only the over half a steal was at minus one ninety. I don't want to lay that big of a juice price. We're not getting. Get, it's essentially him getting two steals with the steals and blocks combined. So if your book lets you buy this number up to two um, and see what that uh, price is, uh, definitely got it that way. But I think steals plus blocks, whether it's two steals he gets or one one in each, that you'll still get to the window with this uh, ticket. So uh, that will be my first player prop. Um, Chris, before we continue our player props here, let me tell everyone about the SGPN merch store. Walter brought to you by the SGPN merch store. In honor of the NBA playoffs, we're from now until the end of April – Get 10% off anything in the SGPN merch store when you use promo code SGPNBA. So head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and use promo code SGPNBA to get 10% off of everything. Um, A lot of great stuff. Again, there's a lot of NBA gambling podcast gear, uh, old-fashioned football, MMA, uh, hockey gambling podcast, uh, golf gambling podcast, all the pods that we have. Uh, There's a lot of great merchandise on there as well. Uh, Your favorite teams. Uh, your favorite, your, your city, you want to rep your city. There's a lot of great color schemes and all that good stuff in there as well. So definitely check it out again. Use that, uh, uh coupon code SGPNBA to get 10% off of anything and everything in the SGPN merch store. All right, Chris, take us over to player prop number two, my man. What do you got? Number two. So let's go, uh, let's go South. We're going to Atlanta, uh, looking at the, the Celtics and the Hawks tonight. And I'm looking at, Looking at Jalen Brown, not not Brunson in this one. Jalen Brown uh, in this one, um, you know, I, I just I like this spot for for Jalen Brown a lot. He's uh, 
coming off a game where he didn't do he didn't have to do nearly as much um you know as he did in in game one right he he only had 18 points in the last game but it wasn't because he shot the ball bad we know atlanta's they're pretty bad defensively and they play at a lot of pace which is another reason why i like this prop for for uh jalen brown but he, he had 18 points on seven for 14 shooting he only shot two, he, he shot two for four from the three-point line so about 50 percent um after having 29 points in game one so I like I like Jalen in this spot because one he's from Atlanta, so you know probably a lot of a lot of family and friends there. He typically plays well against them as well. You go back and check the box scores as well. But the the other big reason for me, you know, is that the role players you just kind of talked about it. They don't typically play as well on the road. Now they have Brogdon, they have Derek White, they have you know Grant Williams who hasn't even sniffed this series. But they, so they do have some guys that can play well. But Jalen Brown is the guy that actually number his numbers go up. Whereas Tatum on the road, Tatum number goes down. I don't know if people pay attention to that, but Tatum typically has his best games when he's, you know, at the at 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 his garden uh, in Boston. So yeah. Tatum's numbers, you know, they go down. Field goal percentage goes down. Three point percentage goes down. He averaged three less points as well. So looking at Jalen Brown specifically in this spot, his numbers actually improve. So I, I like him in a in a step up spot in a fast paced game. Um, his field goal percentage increases, I think, to about almost 49%. He shoots the three better. Uh, it goes up about 3% to 38%, I think. So fast-paced game, um, you know, probably a lot of points in this one. I like Jalen Brown to have a big game. I played him over 25 and a half. Uh, best odds were minus 120 on FanDuel, and that number is up to 26 and a half. So definitely shop around. You can get it at plus money if you want the 26 and a half, but I played the 25 and a half. A little conservative for me, uh, laid, the t- laid the 20 cent and played uh, Jalen Brown over 25 and a half points tonight in Atlanta, you know? Yeah, you take a look at uh, his, I mean, like you mentioned, the home and road splits for Jalen, uh, sorry, Jalen Brown is probably Jalen Brunson again. Uh, but he's been consistent as far as whether he's scoring in Boston or whether he's scoring on the road. But if you dive a little bit deeper into the numbers, like you mentioned there, Chris, he shoots slightly better on the road but his three point percentage, it, it's crazy to see how well, how much better he shoots on the road than he does at home so far, at, at least this season, right? And just for just for you know comparison, at home in Boston, he shot twenty nine point five percent from three point line. On the road, thirty eight point one. So that's nearly a what eight and a half percent increase uh, from the home and road splits. Um, and again, like you mentioned, that he's from the Atlanta area. Probably will have family and friends possibly in, at the game, and, and you just you just kind of elevate your play when you go back to you know where you play uh, in your hometown or, or where you grew up, where the case might be, or where if you, if you played college ball or whatever. So, um, you know, for Jalen Brown, I, we had concerns or people had concerns about the hand injury that he did suffer while he was gardening, or the case might have been. But I mean, in that game one against the Atlanta Hawks, he's went out and scored 29 points. He shot well above or above 50%. Game two, um, it was more of a I think it was more of a blowout situation where he got up only 14 shot attempts, but he still was efficient. He was seven of 14. He scored 18 points in that game. So I think if we're expecting this to be a closer game here tonight, maybe you see you're expecting more points to be scored here tonight. The shot volume, just a pure shot volume uh talk that we know it's Jason Tatum. We know it's Jalen Brown. Uh, so definitely uh, 25 and a half uh, shop around. If you want to get better odds, 26 and a half are out there as well, like Chris mentioned. Um, but again, yeah, Jalen Brown, I think should have a big game here tonight for the Atlanta. Uh, sorry, for the uh, Boston Celtics. 
All right, so let's go over to my next player prop. I am going to go over to... I have two props in the same game, so let's start. Uh, we'll go to the Denver and the uh, Minnesota game from uh, my next player prop. I'm going to go with uh, Jamal Murray over 23 and a half um, points tonight against the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Take a look at the first two games here, uh, Chris. Jamal Murray, we talked about it yesterday. He had that 40-point performance against the Minnesota Timberwolves in game two. Looked like uh, looked like bubble Jamal Murray in that game. Uh, go back to game one. Um, 24 points, barely got over this number. But I think that one thing that's really sticking out for me is if you're watching this game is that we know that Nikola Jokic is dealing with that wrist injury, but he still looks like Nikola Jokic out there. But for me, this was purely a play on the number of shot attempts that Jamal Murray is getting up through the first two games of this series. So he's gotten up, Chris, exactly 22 field goal attempts in both of the first two games. He's also gotten up double-digit three-point shot attempts in both of the uh, first two games against Minnesota, 10 each from beyond the arc. <clears throat> and it was pure, excuse me, uh, it was a purely a math play for me because you take a look over his last five games that he's played in, this dates back to the regular season as well. He's shooting 50% from three-point line, sorry, from uh, the field, and he's shooting 43.6% of um, 43.6% from uh, three-point line. So if you kind of just do the math there, you're going to get there right around 24 to 25 points just based off of those percentage. And that's not including the way or the ability that Jalen, uh, sorry, Jamal Murray has to get to the free throw line as well. Like, like game one, he only got up to a free throw. She was two of two. But last game, he went eight of nine. So I think that when you take a look at the shot opportunities that Jamal Murray has been creating for himself, this backcourt right now has not been able to contain Jamal Murray. Um, he's going to get the shot volume. He's going he's gonna to get the opportunities from three-point line. And we've seen Denver, they play, at a fa- they play at a faster pace. And I think that's been really working for them, especially early on in the, in the games, whether it's in the first quarter or the first half. But... Jamal Murray's not he's not shy about getting up shots. Yeah, we know that. So I'm gonna continue backing Jamal Murray here. I think he has another great game. At 23 and a half, I still thought this number was a little conservative. Not asking him to get 40 again. If he gets 40 again, great. But if he can get into that 25, 26, 27, 28 point range, which we know that he's more than capable of doing, I'm gonna go ahead and back that. Again, dating back to over his last three games, he's gotten up 10 three-point shot attempts in each of those three games. 30. Uh, attempts from beyond the arc over his last three games. And again, like I mentioned, 23-point attempts over the first two games of the series against Minnesota. So, Chris, Jamal Murray, over 23.5 points. <laughs> you said it, you know, this is strictly a numbers play. Yeah, I don't know is. how you can bet against, the, against those numbers. And then, you, you know, you look at the Timberwolves, which is something that I do frequently. They, they, I'm not 100% sure why. I mean, I think I do know why, but they, they just, they've been bad against guards throughout the entirety of the season. Like, Point guards specifically have just, you know, kind of carved them, carved them up. Uh, they just, I don't know why they they just struggle. They've been tops, bottom seven all all season in points allowed to to point guards. Um, you know, so no matter how you slice it, and I think you know the one thing that benefits Jamal Murray more so than anything is is uh, you know Jalen McDaniels punching punching that wall that, that couldn't punch back. Yeah, uh, because you know he he had had some 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 uh, some success some success against Jamal Murray, but. Uh, he's not going to be available. So you have uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who isn't, you know, as great of a defender. 
Um, and then you mentioned the pace as well. I think the Nuggets just want to get out and, you know, flopping down the floor. And, I mean, it's clear that he's the number two option behind Jamal, behind uh, Jokic. But you could argue that he's the number one option, too, you know, just because mm-hmm. Jokic doesn't want to score the ball. He just wants to facilitate, yeah. play the game the right way. So no way I could talk you off of that. No way I could talk you off Jamal Murray tonight. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Chris, take us over to player prop number three, my man. What do you got? Number three. So we're going back to uh, let's go back to the Cleveland Cavaliers and uh, New York Knicks game. And I'm looking at uh, we, we talked about the total. I, know, I think you mentioned the total in this one, you know, 211, 211 mm-hmm. and a half rock fight of a game. I'm expecting rebounds. And I'm looking at the home guy, Mitchell Robinson, over nine and a half rebounds, plus 108. Uh, is the best odds that you could find. I think I saw that on – I want to say I saw that on FanDuel as well when I checked around. Um, so so Mitchell Robinson has gone under in both of these road games to kind of start the series. But I just think he'll, he'll be needed. I mean, they, they, he has to be out there to contend with, with, with Mobley and Allen on the glass. He's the best offensive rebounder in the league, and I do expect the Garden to be rocking tonight, you know. <laughs> I expect, the, you know, the, the, the fans to, you know, kind of rally around their team. Uh, you know, with them kind of, you know, in a position where they could take take over this series and go up 2-1. Uh, yeah. You look back at the regular season, he had 11 and 14 rebounds in the regular season against this uh, the same Cleveland Cavalier team and um, averaged 9.2 rebounds at home as well. So I think he goes over. I think I think we see another, you know, big rebounding game from, um, you know, another center, similar to like Kevon Looney yesterday. Um, I know Hardenstein can come in there and steal some of those minutes, but I think Mitchell Robinson will be needed. And I expect this this New York Knicks team to come out with a lot of energy and effort early. And, uh, you know, whether that's from Brunson or, you know, that's from, um, you know, Julius Randle, I think everybody kind of plays their part. And Mitchell Robinson part, you know, is attacking the glass, right, offensively and defensively, creating second shots for his team and uh, pulling down the rebound so they can get out and kind of run in transition because you don't want to face this Cleveland Cavaliers defense uh, you know, when it's set in the half court. So Mitchell Robinson over nine and a half rebounds. Love that it's at plus money, you know. He almost gets that Kavon Looney type of role, right, for the New York Knicks. And I think that you kind of look at what he did during the regular season um, in two of the three games that he did play against the Cavs. He did have double-digit rebounds, right? Uh, December 4th, 11 rebounds in that game. March 31st of this year, 14 rebounds in that game. Um, and I think that he'll see an uptick in minutes as well. Um, I know he's only played 26 and 21 minutes, uh, and that maybe has something to do with Hardenstein. But um, I, I think that for tonight or going forward in the series, they are going to need him to really, again, create those second chance opportunities. And when we talk about a rock fight. We talk about games with lower totals, defensive intensity being up. Rebounding, it, I think, is at the forefront of that, just really limiting the... Um, really limiting the possessions and not having uh, or not giving up second chance opportunities as well for these teams. And again, you even go back to the regular season. I know it, it's a, it's a, it's a different series. It's a different opponent, but he was crushing this number um, prior to the season being over. And it was really on the offensive rebounds. And you take a look in game one, Chris, Mitchell Robinson had eight rebounds. Five of those were offensive rebounds for for uh mitchell robinson so again if he's able to you know really control the glass or create those second chance opportunities for the new york knicks i think that he can get over this number for sure at plus money you can't argue against it especially for a guy that has done it more times than not so yeah definitely can get behind this as well uh all right for my next player prop uh i am i'm sticking with my defensive props here man Uh, i'm gonna stay in that denver nuggets in the um minnesota timberwolves game i gave this out the last pod anthony edwards 
over two and a half steals and blocks combined. And I think the last game it was at plus odds, if I'm not mistaken. The book has adjusted to it a little bit, but it's still at minus 110. That's what I currently see over at DraftKings um, for Anthony Edwards. Let me just double check here uh, because I think it was minus 110 for uh, Anthony Edwards for his seals and blocks combined. Yeah, two and a half at minus 110. Last game. We talked about it on our last episode. Uh, he had he finished that game with two steals and three blocks. Uh, game one against the Denver Nuggets, even though it was a blowout, in 28 minutes, two steals, one block. He's gone over this projection in five straight games dating back to the regular season. Um, he had, again, eight combined stats against the Pelicans, four against the Lakers in that play-in tournament game. Uh, three against the Thunder in that play-in tournament game. And in the first two games, like I mentioned, he's gone over this projection as well. Now, if you want to get plus odds on this, I believe uh, just his steals alone. Um, sorry, steals alone are at minus, uh, sorry, at one and a half at minus 125, but steals and blocks combined are at minus 110. So if you want to save 15 cents and get the combination of the steals and blocks, um, again, like I mentioned, he's done in five trade games. He's done it in both of the series. We expect this series to have some type of defensive intensity. Uh, again, when we talk about playoffs, the, the defense does go up. I know the last game was higher scoring, but I think that was more so in the second half there, Chris. Uh, but again, we talked about that. If, if Anthony Edwards, he has the defensive ability. It's just about if he wants to play defense or not. And I think that at least... He's filling up the stat sheet from from what we're looking at right now. So, like I said, if it's not broken, I'm not trying to fix it. Anthony Edwards over two and a half blocks and steals combined. Dude, we talked about him. You know, this dude has an elite ability to stay in front of his defender, right? Yeah. And whether that's blocking shots, altering shots, getting his hands in passing lanes, he's just so quick. He's but he's not just quick. He's also fast as well, and he and he reads the he reads the game so well. Also, and we do expect you know a little bit of regression. I think on the offensive side from Denver Nuggets because they don't play as well either. So, yeah. you know, that, that should, that should create, you know, a few more opportunities for him. I think he'll also, uh, I think what Chris Finch may do is try to try to stagger his minutes a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and make it so that he's not, maybe he'll, 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 of course he'll start the game, but I think he might come out a little early so he can go back in and kind of finish the first quarter, start the second quarter, because yeah. you really need to take advantage of those minutes without, uh, you know, without Jokic on the floor. So when those backups come in, that's even more of an, you know, uh, an advantage for him because he'll be playing against, you know, some of those some of those backup guys for the Denver Nuggets in this one is at least how I think that's going to go. And that, that'll that bode well for his steals plus blocks as well. So love that look as well. This dude continues to cash. And why would you get off the train, you know? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting off of this train for sure, especially when it's cash in the, both of the first games. Uh, in this first round matchup and then five straight games dating back to the regular season. All right, so that is three player props each. It's that time. Let's get into our best bets here. Chris, uh, lead us off, my man. Best bet for uh, either tonight or the weekend. Weekend, you know, if I'm going to I'm going to Memphis in L.A., man. We 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 got to we got to get a, a much more, uh, you know, locked in assertive Laker team in this one. And and I think it starts and ends with this guy. Mr. Anthony Davis, I'm looking at his rebounds. You know, if I expect the Lakers to come out here and and you know assert some some level of dominance, uh, you know, in this game, and I expect AD to be a you know a big part of that. He had just 13 points and nine rebounds in Game Two, 
in Memphis, he also called himself out. I love betting on players after they call themselves out, especially if they already have an advantage. Also, I think he didn't play to you know to his standards, to anybody's standards. So, uh, you know, pretty bad performance in game two. The Lakers are back after splitting the series one-one. And uh, you know how how does Anthony Davis affect the game? Typically, it's you know defense, and typically it's rebounding the basketball, right? Uh, I know his blocks prop. They're, they're not even posted yet, but this two has five and seven blocks, uh, you know, on the defensive side. But defense is also rebounding the ball. So uh, he dominated, you know, game one. He did have 12 rebounds in that game to go along with the 22 points. I think the Lakers rely on him, rely on him in his, you know, in his defense, especially against the Grizzlies, which offense, their offense takes a big step back as well. I mean, if I know we talked about some of these teams, especially these home teams, just not playing as well on the road. The, the, the Grizzlies offense takes a big jump, a big drop. Uh, on the road, they're, they're, they're only the 25th, 24th rated offense, uh, offensively rated team on the road this this season. Mm-hmm. Whereas on at home they were fifth. So yeah. I think you know I think that's a lot more misses. Um, and in four four of his last six games, you know through throughout the end of the regular season when the Lakers were playing with that sense of desperation, uh, he had 13 rebounds or more in all of those games. Uh, and in the two regular season games against Memphis this season. He did finish with 22 and 19 rebounds. So I think you see, I think you see the misses. I think you see a, a much more locked in and engaged, assertive Anthony Davis. And I played his rebound prop over 12 and a half as the best bet, minus 122 odds. I do expect this number to move on some books up to 13 and a half. Uh, but I, I like the 12 and a half. You know, I couldn't talk anybody off the 13 and a half because I think it's a lot of misses for for the Grizzlies here. And I, I also think you see a, an engaged and locked in Anthony Davis on the opposite side as well. Well, you gave out the Anthony Davis rebound prop. You already mentioned it that the steals and blocks haven't been posted yet, but it has. I'm going with Anthony Davis as well, man. This is going to be steals and blocks combined. So I think this is where um, you kind of have the conversation, right? I think that, again, you take a look at what he's done. So let me uh, go back to your best bet, and I do love this, right, because you mentioned it that he probably came out and said he did come out and said that he has to play better. Being back at home, um, players elevate their games, but guys like Anthony Davis and LeBron can carry carry their games anywhere um, they play, no matter what gym they're in. But you take a look at the four games that Anthony Davis has played in against the Memphis Grizzlies this season, just looking at his rebounds. uh, I think this includes the playoffs as well. He's averaging 15 and a half rebounds, right? Last game, he only had nine rebounds. It's okay. But prior to that, 12 rebounds. He had 15 against Minnesota, 13 against the Jazz, 21 rebounds against the Phoenix Suns. So, we know this guy, especially when LeBron wasn't in the lineup, Chris, we had talked about this on RC show that he was putting up monstrous numbers when LeBron was in the lineup. I know LeBron is back in the lineup, but when we talk about defensive intensity, that's kind of been the theme for our show, at least for today, is that those opportunities of rebounding is going to be there. Come on, Looney was a prime example of that last night. Uh, we talked about Mitchell Robinson today as well. Anthony Davis, again, we know that he can score, but... He's going to be that defensive anchor for this team, especially for a Memphis Grizzlies team that doesn't have Steven Adams, that doesn't have Brandon Clark that can, you know, bang bodies down low and try to get those rebounds with Anthony Davis. And you take a look at some of the numbers that he's gotten from an offensive rebound perspective. The first two games, he's combined for seven offensive rebounds against a Memphis Grizzlies. So um, I think it will be a big Anthony Davis game for sure. Um, So I'm there with you on his rebounds. I am going to go again. My theme has been steals and blocks for this episode. I'm not going to get away from it. You mentioned it. What he's this guy has done in the first two games against the Memphis Grizzlies. 
from a blocks standpoint alone, he has 12 blocks in this first two games against the Memphis Grizzlies. He had seven uh, blocks in game one. He had three steals to go along with it. And then last game, he had five blocks uh, alone. He didn't have any steals, but he still got over this projection. So currently, Chris, over on uh, f- uh, on um, DraftKings, his steals and uh, blocks combined are currently at four and a half at plus 110. But his blocks alone are at three and a half at plus. Um, let me see here. Anthony Davis blocks uh, three and a half at plus 145. However you want to play this, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with both, actually. So I'll give you two best bets here. They're both at plus uh, money. Over three and a half blocks is at plus 145. I already mentioned it, that he's had 12 blocks combined in uh, the first two games. He's had uh, three, uh, four or more blocks in three out of the last four games that he's played in. And he's also gone over this projection of four and a half in four straight games that he's played in. And he's done it in both games against the Memphis Grizzlies. So Anthony Davis has been a monster Rebound the basketball, Chris. He's been a monster on the defensive uh, side as well for the um, for the L.A. Lakers, and I think that's going to continue on their home floor in L.A. So best bet for me, I'm taking over three and a half blocks at plus 145, and I'm taking steals and blocks combined four and a half at plus 110 here, Chris. No way I could talk you off, you know. Hopefully he has it before halftime. <laughs> I think it was game one or I think it was game one where he had he had already gone over this projection, um, if I'm not mistaken. But again, I think that he can get it done by halftime. He just has that type of capability. So um, hopefully for our sake, Chris, it is another um, big game for Anthony Davis. I know you and I, we um, backed Drew Holiday in, in uh, some form or fashion, whether it was rebounds and assists. You got over that number. I took the points and assists for Drew Holiday. He got he got to the window for us. So hopefully we can do that here with Anthony Davis, my man. Uh, all right, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Propcast. Chris, anything else you want to mention, my man, before we get out of here? No, nah, I mean, if I hope people enjoy the episode, man. Hopefully, if uh, hopefully it's a you know big bounce back day for me. Like I said, not the greatest yesterday. Some things kind of didn't go as projected but uh hopefully we can get back into the win column i appreciate you uh you know having me on the show again always great being here and uh let's cash some tickets you know yeah man uh, another great weekend of nba playoffs lined up so definitely enjoy it uh hopefully we can get some uh or at least get some cash back from yesterday's episode i'm confident that we will for sure uh you know we're gonna have those off days it happens you know nobody hits 60 70 percent um it's kind of unheard of especially when we're talking about player props so hopefully we bounce back here i think our process was great here um a lot of great handicapping, Chris. So uh, hopefully we'll put some more money in the pockets of our listeners. Um, all right, that's going to do it. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Make sure to follow Chris on Twitter at CrispyCappin. That's N on Twitter. He does a uh, his own show around 5.30 Eastern time, correct, Chris? 5.30 Eastern? Yes, sir, 5.30. Yeah. Yeah, make sure to tune in. He's always giving out great information. Uh, just follow him on Twitter. He goes live on his Twitter spaces every single day uh, and, and just gives out great information. We'll be back next week for the PropCast, so look out for us then. If you haven't already, do us a favor. Leave us a rating and review. definitely helps us grow the show. Uh, till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. <laughs>